is the Sluggo. Slant and go. Can you believe it? This is show number 50. We missed one week. We were 50 for 51. Pretty good batting average. And Mother Nature took the other week from me. We always talk about the weather. We were we would think Mother Nature would take a week on your head, but it actually happened here with a negative six degree day. But our 50th show, it's our golden anniversary. I think that's what I looked up on the internet. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm happy to be here for week 50th. Out of the 627 podcasts I've started, I don't think <laughs> I made it to 50. I know you're an old hat at 50. Matter of fact, you've crossed 100 on your other show. So I appreciate you being around for 50 weeks. Look forward to the next 50. Absolutely. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned the weather. You know, we are the, the local weather guys for wherever you are watching this tonight. But I thought weather was going to take us out up here in New Jersey today. We got some battling some hail and some thunderstorms. So we were touch and go there for a little bit before the show with the internet and the power flickering on and off. But we're here for now anyway. It might be you talking to yourself here in a little bit. Uh, but we've we've dealt with that before too, right? With me yeah. doing Max Hedger back in uh, early days of this show. So well, glad to be here too. Here's a good thing. Uh, you know, if I – talk to myself. Um, nobody's going to argue with me. Uh, like you said, I've done it before. And actually, I sometimes argue with myself. See, I'm already doing it right there. So speaking of arguing, I wanted to start with the show because I didn't want to get fired up about this. I just want to say it up front with it before I get wound up talking about transfers and transfer portal. The ACC network is a joke. And I've been on this rant before, so it's not really going to be a rant, just a, a more expounding on it. Now, yesterday was the ACC baseball tournament started, and, you know, as Clemson fans, we've struggled with that concept, and they've struggled playing, by the way, down one nothing to Georgia Tech early. But I turn on the I, – I go to look for the game. It's 10 a.m. here in Texas. What's better than college baseball at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, right? It's not on the ACC network. Throughout the day, there was none of the games wrong that I saw, and I only looked for like three or four hours. But – Instead of the instead of college baseball, there was Packer and Durham, two old dudes talking. We could have been on there for all. You know, <laughs> Packer and Durham followed by a replay of Clemson and Duke softball. Now the way Clemson played, it turned out to be okay. But the, I thought the whole point of the ACC network was to promote the the Olympic sports and the the lesser known sports that don't get a lot of revenue and a lot of uh, attention as football and basketball do. And I turn over to the to the SEC network, and guess what's on there? The <laughs> SEC tournament. Wow, what a concept! I don't get it. I just don't understand it. And it's a poorly run network in my mind. Yeah, I think JP shed some light on it. JP Priester of AllClemson.com shed some light on it, saying that the contracts were in place years ago. So maybe even before the ACC network was there, it still doesn't doesn't make it it better. You know, it doesn't exactly. You're exactly right. A lot of us are still working from home. We can be in front of a TV with our computers or phones or whatever, what have you, and have the game on in the background. It's just something that, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, in this time that we're living in, we're able to do that. And so yesterday I was doing the same thing, sitting behind my computer, turn on the ACC network, and I didn't even get a Spurtle commercial because uh, <laughs> they didn't, they, I guess they didn't spend the money to, to sponsor the ACC tournament, but we couldn't even get what was the old food line. We couldn't even get old food line um, ads on the old Jefferson Pilot, you know, to sponsor. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, especially because exactly what you said. The meaning behind this network is to showcase the the, the conference, and it's great to watch Clemson softball again. But we don't. And Florida State spring game, I think, was yes. after that. What was the other one? Come on, and that was that's a repeat too. So. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know the leadership of that of that TV, but man, something needed to be done. They needed to step in and say, "Hey, this is our showcase event for baseball." Even though 
that's another story. The way that ACC does their baseball tournament, it's so awful. But um, yeah, it was terrible to not be able to watch it. You're watching. I'm trying to watch on my phone. My phone's ringing. It's, it just wasn't good. But I, I get the contract angle right, and that that makes I was going to say perfect sense, but it doesn't really. I get the contract angle, but the point is the SEC had all that figured out, and they they made sure their baseball tournament was on TV, where guys like me who likes an ACC team is watching the SEC tournament. And that's, you know, that's, that's why they're the top conference and the ACC will always struggle. New commissioner, let's hope things change and, you know, things change and get better because it sure can't get any worse that the production value on that network, we've talked about 20 times. This kind of thing is just horrible. Making Clemson play on Friday nights is just ridiculous. Clemson football, I mean, I'm all for Clemson basketball playing on Friday night, but Clemson football on Friday night is re- beyond ridiculous. They need to step it up and act like they're in the big leagues if they want to have any shot at keeping up with the SEC. I agree a thousand percent on that too. And we even, I, I even made fun of the uh, SEC Network's coverage of the South Carolina Clemson game. Well, they've stepped their game up. That tournament is is crystal clear. The announcers are great. The the baseball is really good. And I found myself doing the same exact thing that you were which was watching the SEC baseball tournament because I was in that mode. I was in college baseball mode. I wanted to watch Clemson play. I wanted to watch the games after Clemson because uh, I'll watch good baseball, and the ACC has some good baseball. But instead, I'm watching South Carolina and Alabama. I'm watching Georgia and uh, whoever they beat, LSU, instead. And, and that's taking viewership, right? I'm an ACC guy by nature. Yep. I want to watch the ACC, and you're taking an ACC guy and moving him to the SEC. It's just it's not a good look for anybody. You can't be can't be an, SC, an ACC fan even if you want to. And speaking of that rant, here's a little side rant. I didn't put this on the rundown, so it's not going to surprise you. I'm an old dude, right, and trying to watch the ACC network or baseball on the ESPN app, whether it's on the TV, on the computer, or on the phone, is an exercise in futility. <laughs> One of them says it's not in my uh, – it's not with my package. The other one, I'm watching it. I'm like, well, how come it's in my package here? It's not in my package here. And then they start, you know, four pitches in. I, I, I don't get that concept. Why they can't say, we know this game's starting at, you know, 5.05. And and it's like the, the college kids that are doing it are like, oh, oh I'm supposed to be. <laughs> I'm supposed to go to work. It's just horrible. They got It's 2021, people. We can land the rover on Mars. <laughs> 21 billion miles away from earth or whatever it is within 20 feet. And we can't watch a baseball game. <laughs> You're on fire tonight. I love it, but not to pile on this. Um, but, but I will, <clears throat> the thing that you said a couple weeks ago, I think maybe it was even just in our text chain. Uh, but you know, if we start talking out loud about the spurtle, lo and behold on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you're going to see a thing for spurtle. And like, <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't search it, but it's going to be on every, every yep. social media. The fact that ESPN, the app, doesn't understand that I want to watch Clemson baseball or Clemson softball, the amount of pages that I have to click with my finger, I know, yep. first world problems, I get it. But the amount of pages I have to go to and, like, swipe to the right to keep, you know, I feel like I'm on Tinder, swiping to the right to, to turn off all these other ugly teams, and I want to find that beautiful orange paw, but uh, it, it's just, it's funny because the AI just is not very smart, apparently, on the ESPN app. That's not smart at all. You have to go through the Southern Conference and the Trans-America Athletic Union or whatever the heck it is yeah. before you find the Paul. It's it's just crazy. They can't remember crap. They can't remember if I'm in the network. I, I got the phone in the hand. The game's on my phone. I'm in the network, but the TV is not. You know, those are old people problems. <laughs> it is. And it, yeah, first world problems, old people problems. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing something, but man, I'm really am missing it. Let's get over to Rats and let's talk about some recruiting because I know you're interested. For the second week in a row, we're going to talk Rutgers recruiting. Now, you may be the only one watching this show that cares besides me because we're going to talk about recruiting for everybody. Rutgers got another four-star, and this one's a legitimate four-star. Some of those other guys were like 285 overall, you know, the 300 range. Uh, This guy, Jacob Allen, is a four-star. He's number 110 overall, the number 11 offensive tackle, number one player in New Jersey case, headed to 
Rutgers and the Scarlet Knights jumped to number seven in the two four seven rankings. They now have five four stars and seven three stars. That's a three point four two star average, which you know for Clemson fans or Alabama or Ohio State, you go, oh, that's a bad year. But for Rutgers, it's pretty good, and maybe Shiano is building something there, as you've alluded to in the past. Yeah, I feel like I'm a broken record, but I, the thing that made him successful, and albeit it was the Big East Conference years ago, was keeping the in-state talent in-state. And I know with, with uh, apologies to the Floridas, the Georgias, and the Texas of the world, New Jersey doesn't have terrible football. It actually has, especially in the Catholic leagues up in the northern part of the state, it has very good football teams. Um, teams that would go out and play uh, St. John Bosco, teams that would go down and play Burns and, and compete and win a lot of the times too. So there are some really good talent in a couple of these schools. This one, this kid's from uh, one of these schools that is a prep school. So it's a, fi- a five-year school. He's not a fifth-year kid. Um, but I wasn't impressed watching him. And I was kind of like, eh. And his, and his, his um, offer, offers were like South Carolina. I think he had a Penn State. He had a Rutgers. Uh, it wasn't like an all that impressive list of it wasn't unimpressive, but it wasn't like, you know, there was no yeah. Alabama. There was no Georgia. There was no LSU. You know, the SEC team was South Carolina. I think he might have had a Kentucky in there as well. Uh, it's a big get for Shiano, no question, because he's got to protect that four star uh, quarterback that he just got. That's the highest rated quarterback he's got. Uh, Rutgers has ever signed uh, or verbaled. Um, so it is a big get. I'm just not all that excited about him, although the fan base is. So uh, we'll see. And, and you know, it's not a sexy position, right? It's it's a right. tackle. So it's not sexy. His his film is kind of just like, blah, he's, you know, he's now he plays good competition. He does in this prep, prep school league. And they play a little bit out of the state as well. Um, but he's throwing kids around. So maybe he is good. I, I just I'm I just wasn't excited about it. Hard position to evaluate, right? Because yeah. you know a lot of the five stars don't pan out. Uh, Texas and Georgia can tell you about that. Florida State probably a few too, and some of the three star kids end up being really good if they go to say a Wisconsin or even Alabama. If, if Alabama takes any three stars these days, so it's really hard to evaluate. You know, it doesn't like you said, it doesn't jump out on the film to you like a running back, quarterback, wide receiver would necessarily uh, skill position. So um, it's just it's one of those hard ones to evaluate. So I and, and it's in the eye of the beholder. You know, Clemson offers guys that nobody else offers and end up starting for the undefeated national champion. So never know. It's yeah. what you what you see on those offensive line. But he's the number one player in New Jersey for a reason. Who am I? You know, I don't. I'm not a recruiting analyst at all. And and Shiano's <laughs> keeping the number one player in the state in state. Um, That's why we're going to have Jason Priester on next week of allclemson.com to talk about recruiting. Exactly. Bring the brains on to this show. Uh, John Chancey, we have no idea which four or three-star kids were underrated because he has been under-evaluated. I'm not sure if he's talking about that young man from New Jersey or not. You were talking about teams for records playing Don Bosco. Isn't that where Chris Sims went in New Jersey? Wasn't there Don Bosco there, I thought? Or yeah, John so Bosco. Don Bosco Prep was one of, was the top team in this in the country, or at least the state of New Jersey, and arguably the top team in the country. They've had multiple kids. Chris Sims was one of them. Uh, he actually transferred to a public school late in his in his high school career, and they were still good. It was Ramapo, uh, and then but they've had quarterbacks from Boston College. They've had running backs there. They've had a quarterback at Rutgers. The team that my high school played, my uh, my last year working there, 2003, we had five kids going D1, including Andre Callender, who played at Boston College with Matt Ryan, uh, the running back. Uh, I remember his first carry of the day, Seton Hall Prep was ranked third in the state. Don Bosco was one. Don Bosco had 17 D1 players on that roster, including Mar- Marquise. I wanted to say Lattimore, but that's not his name. Um, he went to Florida State. He was a DB, had four years at Florida State. Quarterback went to Rutgers. Running back went to Boston College as well. Uh, but he, Calendar, who was probably arguably the best running back in the state, takes a pitch around the right side, gets hit, comes off the field, and it's like, that's the hardest I've ever been hit. <laughs> uh, and needless to say, at 56 nothing at halftime, they the starters walked up. They, they enter. It's kind of intimidating. They enter, but they walk up like a little hill. It's just a driveway. But they all walk up in line in unison. It's like lockstep. 
and uh, the starters and probably the second string came just without with just their jerseys on. They didn't even have their pads on anymore. So it was one of those. I think it was a 63-17 game for Clemson fans out there. Um, <laughs> and their freshman team was playing the third and fourth quarter. So it was a very good program, very good team. But uh, some other schools have caught up to them. Um, uh, where where the Bellamy kid is from, the DB from is yeah. from Bergen Catholic is another is a school there. St. Peter's, which is the feeder to St. Peter's University, that you have the Peacock shirt. Yeah. They're a very, another really good football team too. Cool, cool. All about New Jersey college, high school football. Rashawn Gary went to Paramus Catholic, which was another school. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Clemson target that day. What that year? Uh, next up, and again, always apologies for mangling some of these names. Uh, I'm an old dude, and you know I'm used to Bills and Bobs and Toms and <laughs> in case Sione Hala, four star safety, number three thirty six overall from St. John's Bosco, uh, who Clemson fans know about out in California to Boston College. A good gift for Boston College again, three thirty six overall. Those of us who are lucky enough to follow teams or, or have gone to schools with teams that recruit in the upper echelon say, eh, but a good gift for Boston College. This is a guy who went to school, uh, same school as DJU, correct? Absolutely, St. John Bosco. And and watch out for Jeff Halfley. He's a good coach there at Boston College. And they're, they're recruiting. You know, these this four-star kid, that's a nice get for Boston College. And if they can – they can get some of these kids, pluck some kids from New Jersey and, and Ohio and the surrounding areas, Pennsylvania even. They're going to be good and with, with, a good, with good coaching, and he's a good coach. All right. Next up, and this is a more recent one, the Dakota Twitty. I can pronounce that. Uh, four-star wide receiver, number 298 overall from Mooresboro, North Carolina, goes to the University of Virginia. Max Fence has another hole on the other side. It's got a hole south, and this is the hole up north. Max loses a four-star to the uh, University of Virginia. Yeah, poor Mac. I, I think as I was talking about Rutgers before, I was talking about Shiano, or I was thinking about Shiano building the fence around New Jersey, and uh, and and it's pretty solid. He's got a better contractor apparently than Mac. Mac Brown. <laughs> no doubt. And a little closer to home, Greer High School, Julian Skinner. He's played wide receiver mostly in high school. He's viewed as a tight end in college. He's a four-star. This is a top 100 kid, uh, number 94 overall, number three in South Carolina. Now, he didn't didn't commit, but he put out a top 10, which I found interesting. I haven't followed recruiting very much. Um, I'm starting to more this year for this show and the website that's coming up. But he put out a top 10 of Florida, Texas, Miami, Arizona State, Clemson, Alabama, Florida State, LSU, Oregon, and Oklahoma. But here's what I found interesting, Casey. I'm an old dude. I'm looking at his graphics. I see those first four teams, Florida, Texas, Miami, and Arizona State on one line. The other six on a line below it, including Clemson on the lower line, and my mind immediately goes, oh, he's got four favorites, and Clemson's not one of them. I I think this is the Kyle Pitts – syndrome yeah. here with a tight a guy that's going to go play tight end in college and what's hot you know that offense down there w- was fantastic with Kyle Pitts so everyone thinks they're better than the guy before him so I think that's probably what leads Florida to be in the lead here plus uh, Clemson doesn't use the tight end nearly as much they did this past year but they don't they haven't used their tight ends nearly as much as fans have wanted how about that saying it that way uh, it's, but you're right. It is an interesting top 10 and that having those four up top leads you definitely to believe there's always something, right? There's a, these kids always have something. They're not, we think they're, they think they're smart, but we're, we're, we're on to you, Jaleel. <laughs> well, and the next one was, was something else too. Uh, Ashton Whitner, a three-star safety out of Greenville high. He announced a, a June visit schedule, which includes trips to Clemson, FSU, Alabama, Auburn, South Carolina, North Carolina. And those are unofficials and officials to Syracuse and West Virginia. But in his tweet, he put 1%, which I found out apparently means something to Florida State uh, fans, you know, get get that 1% better every day or something. That's apparently one of their sayings. So they now believe this young man is headed to Florida State. Uh, they're reading the tea leaves and uh, – I think their reading comprehension might <laughs> might be off a little bit. He has got, like I said, he's got officials playing with Syracuse and West Virginia. 
Yeah, we'll we'll see. You never know. It's just fun. It's it's a it must be fun for these kids. You know, I think us old guys always look at it. It's like chimney Christmas. Just 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 declare already. Just talk. You know, what's what's it, these videos all the time? It's got to be fun for them with the social media and stuff, and to play it up and kind of drop drop little hints maybe, but then could be that you know take the wrong hat or yeah. the other hat the day of. So. It's got to be fun. I know nothing about, uh, and it's good for the show too, right? I know nothing about Ashton Whitner. I haven't seen him. haven't watched any film. I will now, um, but I, I don't know anything about him, so I apologize. Yeah, he's, he's a lower-ranked guy. He's a three-star, so I don't even know if Clemson is going to offer him. But um, I just thought it was interesting. Dollar. I thought it was intriguing because of where he went to high school, and these are two guys from the uh, upstate of South Carolina, uh, and he's all over – all over, um, all, all over my Twitter. So, um, and we have our, we have to do transfers, Casey. We cannot go a week without doing a transfer. This is one you brought up to me, JT Finley uh, from LSU to Auburn. I hadn't heard much about him, and everybody was acting like this was this huge, great, big, giant, you know, leap for for Auburn. This guy was a three star, number four ninety nine overall, and number nineteen pro style quarterback. Had 941 yards, five touchdowns, five interceptions as a true freshman at LSU, which, you know, he's a true freshman and LSU wasn't LSU, you know, the Joe Burrow LSU, but maybe he was part of the reason why. But the point is he was not this be-all and end-all coming out of high school, 499, uh, yeah, almost number 500, and people are going crazy. How bad is Bo Nix? Well, I think that's that's part of it. I think there's no question about it that that's part of it. It's Bo Picks, as as I think some <laughs> Auburn fans and all of Alabama fans call him. Uh, but this is a get because he started two games for LSU last year and and was pretty good. And I'll, uh, it might be the Logan Thomas syndrome. The kid's six six, two hundred and fifty pounds. He he looks imposing on the field. And I know it's Brian Harson and and not. Um, Gus Malzahn running the offense at Auburn, but this is a guy that could fit that type of offense where kind of a Cam Newton-esque where you can, you can run him because he's got the big body, 6'6", 250 at the quarterback position. Um, he's a good looking prospect. And I think that's where maybe some of this excitement comes from is the fact that he is so big and he's got a big arm and maybe not out of high school, but with a little bit of coaching on the, on the college level, a good quarterback coach and a good system that fits him. And gives a little competition to Bo Nix. I think it's a win for Auburn, no question. Well, now that you say that, it's Harson instead of Gus. Maybe it is a good sign, right? Because Harson was a quarterback, was a quarterback's coach, offense yeah. coordinator. So versus Gus Miles on trying to try do some stupid trick play on third and twenty eight yeah. or whatever. Well, it's like it could. He fits that Chad Morris offense for what we know it. Yeah. at Clemson. Yeah, no doubt. And I heard something on a podcast this morning. I think you mentioned this a few weeks back. It was the uh, CBS podcast Nelson and I listened to, friend of the show, Nelson Wilhite. Um, uh, they were talking about Darion Kendrick maybe ending up at Georgia. They said if his charges are reduced or uh, or dropped. So – Georgia will not apparently not take him if, if if his charges are what they were originally. But if they reduce those charges, uh, Georgia says, okay, we'll take you. Um, so I thought that was intriguing also, especially since Georgia and Clemson play in game one. And he theoretically could be paying, playing against Clemson on September 4th. Yeah, and I think JP said it on one of his uh, social media sites today. It's the worst kept secret in transfer portal history. That, that DK is going to end up at Georgia. It's, he's very big homebody. He's got a three-year-old and a one-year-old, so he's going to stay somewhat close to home. I think he's already got the track record. He's already got the police blotter report, you know, police record that it, that fits right into the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm sorry, I had to get that in. I've been, I've been <laughs> sitting on that one all day. Uh, I, but no, I'm, I'm kidding, because uh, all reports are that the charges are going to be dropped against him, not even reduced, so dropped. So it really does feel like reading the tea leaves again, that DK will be a Georgia Bulldog come this fall. Now we'll see how he does because he was all world coming out of out of the spring last year. Everyone was so excited about him thinking that he was going to uh, go pro and didn't have a great year for, 
for those Clemson people out there, definitely. Uh, he was rather a frustrating player for for most, myself included. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe he steps up. He's got Will Muschamp. Excuse me. He's got Will Muschamp down there. Uh, so maybe he coaches him up. And, and I know he was close to Muschamp coming out of high school, coming out of uh, spring um, with that school up, up South Point High School in, in Rock Hill. Well, if I remember correctly, he's got the whole Muschamp family there because I think there was like four or five of them on the Georgia <laughs> on the Georgia staff in some capacity. I'm not sure what all the uh, all the business cards said, but I, I I read you know there were so many Muschamps on there I, I couldn't keep up with you. <laughs> A little bit of something new this week, Casey. We have high school players opting out. Jaden Blue, number 48 overall, the number three running back, he committed to Texas. Um, and he has decided to sit out his senior year of high school, uh, which Texas fans love. And my my quick quip there was um, uh, Texas fans are love it till he opts out of the last three years of college to prepare for the NFL. Um, this guy ran for 2,155 yards and 30 touchdowns last year in the Houston area, Klein, uh, Klein Kane High School, averaged 9.5 yards a carry. So that's a real school in Texas, big-time Texas high school football, and I'm sure he's going to be a great player. But, you know, I'm concerned. The kids opting out of high school. I mean, your senior year of high school, I mean, he's going to school theoretically, um, but he's opting out of his senior year of high school football to prepare himself for college. And, Again, we don't know. You know, maybe I would have made the same decision if it's, if the time and the place and I was worth a crap. Uh, maybe I would have made a similar decision. But it, sitting from afar, I, I'm having a hard time understanding understanding it. He's he's betting. He's made his mark. And one of the arguments on that same podcast, one of the arguments was, well, he's had almost 500 carries over the last two years in high school. And you don't want the wear and tear on your body when you're going into college and then to the NFL. Somebody else pointed out that uh, was it Derrick Henry, I think. I think it was Derrick Henry had almost 500 carries in his last high school season. <laughs> and he's doing okay, by the way. He had another, you know, 800 at Alabama or whatever. And I don't know. It was just a ridiculous argument from my perspective. I understand the injury part because I knew a guy when I was younger who went to play in the uh, the South Carolina, North Carolina All-Star game, and he, he had a full ride to South Carolina, hurt his knee in that game, and never played it down in college. So I get that part of it. Yeah, but it's a slippery slope, right? It, it's, it's the first of um, many or another. It's the first of another person, and I know he definitely mentioned that. He, he did one of these – Jaden Blue did one of these um, – opt-outs like like the college players do when they opt out of their last year of, of eligibility. You know, he did a letter and his little cartoon picture of himself, and he definitely mentioned in that one of the first lines um, holding the wear and tear of his body to be the be- in best physical condition he can be for Texas, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Right. Um, I, just, I just think it's a slippery slope. God bless the kid. You know, if he's good enough that he can do that and Texas is, is going to allow him to do that, then if other schools are going to allow their recruits to do the same thing, it's a trickle-down effect, man. It's, it's starting to hurt college football, and now it's going to hurt high school football. So it, it, I don't like it at all. But, you know, I have nothing against the kid, just the yeah. situation. I, I just – I'm not a fan of it. At, at what point do you – you know, and I think it was Danny Cannell, actually, that made the point on the podcast of saying, what happened to the love of playing the game? Right. Or with your teammates. With your teammate. He put that in there too. It's about your teammates and and the love of the game. When when are you actually gonna play the game? Are you gonna go to college and play a year and say, you know, I don't want to get hurt next year? I had I had twelve hundred yards my freshman year. They know what I can do. I don't want to go to hurt. I'm gonna sit out and and go to the NFL and then go play one year in the NFL and say, I think I'll sit out and wait for the hall of fame. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> uh, Barry but, Sanders did that. Barry Sanders. <laughs> yeah. He uh, put in more than one year though, but, but <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. So I, I, I'm all for, I keep saying this, I'm all for the player empowerment and he has every right to sit out, but 
colleges and, and NFL teams have every right to question, is he going to do that when you get to the NFL? When he, Let's say he has a guaranteed contract. And I know the NFL is different than baseball or basketball, but you see it in, in an NBA right now. Guys sit out because it's their birthday week, right? But, you know, guys sit out because, you know, they're, they're feeling bad about something. And those contracts are guaranteed. And I, I just wonder when it's all going to collapse. And, and um, like I said, nothing against the kid. Hope he does fantastic. I do not want him to get hurt. Um, I've seen that happen in my, in my lifetime, as I said, just playing in an all-star game. Whole career is over. You don't know what that guy could have ended up being. So more power to him. Just for us as college football fans, um, the trend is not 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 good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to that trend at all. And I, I know to go off on a little side rant here under the same same umbrella, but a different sport. Basketball is doing something similar too. They six or seven high schools or eight high schools are going to start their own league, the national this national so, league. And then there's also another league that these some players can opt into f- to play their last season of high school basketball. Um, it's like a professional league, kind of a developmental league. So it's going that direction, man. And, and it stinks that now high, now high school football is being touched too because we're going to see not, – not the leagues necessarily, but kids leaving their high school programs to go do something else, get, the, get their bodies ready or – playing a profess, semi-professional league it's it's certain high school big time i mean img academy right they everybody leaves their school to go to one place to play with all the superstars there'll probably be a league of img type schools right you know well yeah the basketball it's like montverde academy yeah. in claremont in florida and some other school bishop gorman probably out in las vegas which isn't yeah. actually a school um it's fun yeah yeah <laughs> Hey, but here's some good news. Let's talk some actual football, kind of. Early lines are out for week one. And we got friend of the show and show contributor, Zach Locks Parker. I forced him this morning to give his opinion on some of these early games. Um, and what we have here is LSU is a point and a half favorite over UCLA. North Carolina's five and a half point favorite over Virginia Tech. Penn State is getting four and a half points versus Wisconsin. <laughs> Alabama's 18 and a half points favorite over Miami. Georgia's getting three against Clemson. I've already seen that up to four, by the way, in some places. Right. And Notre Dame is giving FSU nine. So we act before I get your your take, we asked Locks uh, what he thought, and here he is running down. Notre Dame won't cover. Who cares about the Big Ten? <laughs> LSU and Bama cover, of course. You know, his two SEC, being an SEC honk. Um, too early to tell on Clemson and Georgia, but he thinks Sam Howell's going to win the Heisman. I happen to agree with the four of five, the first four. I don't agree with Sam Howell win the Heisman because I think you don't have something to say about that team. But <laughs> I've already made my bets at Bob. Um, on Spencer Rattler and DJ Uyunglele, I'm starting to wonder how I'm going to collect those millions if you move from the third. <laughs> but we'll figure that out along the way. Um, I agree with Zach on the first four, by the way. Yeah, don't worry about Bob because I'll have somebody log into that account for you for your for your millions. But give my six dollars. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, you know I kind of agree too with Locks here. Notre Dame, I'm not sure what they are. And I know friend of the show, pal, can probably tell me tell me different. We're not sure what they are. And, I, and in the flip, we're not sure what Florida State's going to be here, too. They attacked that transfer portal, and they got some good talent there. So if they can coach them up, Mike Norvell can, and, and crew can coach them up, Florida State may, may make a little run this year. And that might be my kind of dark horse. I'm not going to go against Clemson, but maybe, maybe a little foreshadowing, too, when we get to that preseason show. Uh, Florida State may be better than we think. So I, I, I agree with him that Notre Dame won't cover there. The, who cares about the Big Ten? I kind of like the, the Penn State-Wisconsin. I'm oh, For some reason, I'm a closet Wisconsin fan, but they always blow it. So, I, so I'm not like – it's kind of from distance. Uh, I like that Wisconsin line a lot. I think that they're going to be okay this year as well. Uh, LSU and Bama, yeah, no, come on. Who are they playing? I mean – Alabama's going to cover everybody. Doesn't care. Bryce Young 
that new quarterback, but they're just reloading it on defense and reloading that running back and wide receiver. Mechie's back, blah, 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 blah. But the thing, Sam Howell to win the Heisman. Locks had a thing a couple of years ago with Will Greer, who was the transfer from Florida to West Virginia, and I think he's going to go the same route here with Sam Howell, be kind of his darling. I have a problem, not necessarily with with Sam Howell, because I don't have a problem with Sam Howell. I think he's good, and he's going to be probably one of the top three draft picks in the NFL draft the next year. I have a problem with North Carolina getting all the love that they're getting this year. I saw a tweet the other day that talked about how they were going to be so much better, and someone even you know, just for fodder to get to get conversation started and, and to troll people, said that North, North Carolina was going to win the ACC. And so I stepped back a little bit and looked at all that they've lost. And they lost two running backs that were very good and a, a couple wide receivers as well. Now, they do return nine guys on the defensive side of the ball and all five guys on the offensive line. So I did a little bit of research on the on the offensive line, and I said, all right, all five guys back. That's awesome. That's what you want in a college football team, right? Yeah, that that can't be bad. You got the all-world quarterback. You got all five guys back. They were 120th in the nation in sacks allowed last year. So is this exactly the offensive line that you want back this year to protect this all-world quarterback? They were they gave up 36 sacks or something like that in 12 games. It was it was close to 40 in 12 games last year. So you know, the number isn't necessarily staggering, but it was 120th in the country. So it was, I think there was only 127 teams that played last year. So they were in the bottom. There was not even 10 teams worse than them in the country. I just have a problem with the the fact that they lost as much talent as they lost, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And they're still being discussed as one of the top teams and going to be, going to be, uh, give Clemson a run for their money for the ACC. And that might be a little Clemson slandered because of who I am. Um, but remember, I'm the eternal Clemson pessimist here. So I, I look for reasons for teams that could to beat Clemson. I just don't think it's North Carolina. I don't know who it is on the other side yet. I haven't really dug too deep. Um, but I don't think it's North Carolina. And like you told me before, jokingly in a text, they're going to end up eight and four. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not, not really jokingly. Uh, could be, and I think I think we got a hint about the Clemson because you got like a tiger paw beside your head that's actually bigger than your head. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing in the world. <laughs> I put I put North Carolina's schedule up on the screen, and John Clancy, uh, John, <laughs> John Chick Clancy, Chancy agrees with you, uh, and I agree with you also. Look at this schedule. They play they they visit Virginia Tech on the Friday to open the season. And then they play six straight home games, not uh, over six weeks. There's no open dates in there. The 11th, 18th, 25th, October 2nd, 9th, and 16th. That doesn't I, – I think – no, no, I'm sorry, Georgia Tech. It's got an asterisk by its neutral location. Okay, that's a little bit better. But still, they don't play on the road. They play five home games in a neutral site game. What a weird thing to have a, a – a neutral site game in September the 25th. Weird. Okay. But Virginia Tech, which they're favored by five and a half, then Georgia State, they're going to win that game. They got to beat Virginia, Georgia Tech, Duke, probably. They'll beat all three of those, maybe. I don't know. How good is Virginia going to be? Then the Florida State team we talked about with Milton at quarterback, as John uh, Chancey just mentioned. And then Miami, who's supposed to be really good this year. Then they got to travel to Notre Dame. Who knows? No, a new quarterback at Notre Dame. We don't even know who he's going to be. Like I said, we need to get Pauk's take on that. Wake Forest at Pittsburgh versus Walford and at NC State. At Notre Dame, at Pittsburgh, at NC State. I don't see uh, the greatest season ever coming out of that. Those three games, October 9th, 16th, and 30th, they're going to be lucky to win one of them, I, I think. Um, now, no, Florida State, I know they're down, and, and we still believe that they're down. Um, but – they those three games boom 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 three straight weeks they're going to falter in one or, or two of them um you know Notre Dame being Notre Dame we're not sure what the, what they're going to be exactly but we expect them to be competitive we we expect them I think Palk said on on his show five foot nothing pod um that they expect to be 10 and 2 11 and 1 and I mean maybe that's a Notre Dame just just talk yeah. being being that way but with the way that their schedule works out um, but that that game's going to be tough. I, I keep hanging. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I keep hanging my head on this Florida State thing being better this year. 
So they go Florida State, Miami, and Miami's going to be good again, um, especially if De'Ara King is is a shell of him, you know, uh, decent decent this year. Um, And then Mackenzie Milton. Uh, So, yeah, I I think that's a gauntlet there. They could lose all three of those games. And I'm looking at NC State, the last game of the year, rivalry game. NC State usually gives them fits. It's usually a good game. I, I think there's four losses right there that I'm calling. Well, I don't know how good they're going to be, either one, but Notre Dame and NC State are physical teams, which I think will give North Carolina fits. Um, they are more. They seem to me be more a finesse team to me, and maybe that's because of Sam Howell. Um, but it seems to me that the physical teams like Clemson, uh, NC State, and um, Notre Dame will give, will give North Carolina fits. To answer Nelson's question – I think the uh, fourth non-conference game is actually Wake Forest. I think they oh, are playing that. Wake as a non-conference opponent uh, in that schedule. They did that last year too. I think the same two teams, I believe, yeah. or the year before. I think I remember like they did a four-year agreement to play. Uh, yeah, they did a four-year agreement to play Wake as a non-conference opponent, uh, just to you know keep the state money flowing there. John Chancey says I think state gets them. I think we all agree on that, John. Yeah, I, I mean, you know how much I, here I am contradicting myself because you know how much I hate this preseason stuff. But um, you know, just just on paper, looking at it, I just, I I don't. I mean, eight and four is that going to win the coastal? Might um, it might six might win it? Who knows? <laughs> it has before, right? It has before. <laughs> Unfortunately, six and six might win it. All right, Casey, let's get, let's turn over to our Clemson Minute here. The softball team uh, season ended last weekend in, in Tuscaloosa, a Clemson-Alabama matchup. Um, it seemed, they seem to be running each other in all kinds of sports, basketball and football, and, and now softball. A great season, tough ending, um, but Alabama had the Tigers, Lady Tigers numbers last weekend. Yeah, Alabama was just a juggernaut, man. Clemson had no answers for them whatsoever. And to see Valerie Cagle look human against the team um, was was fun. Uh, And and not fun in a good way, but just because I've been watching a lot of softball this season. So I've kind of grown an appreciation of the sport. And to see how good that Alabama team, they had the answers for for, for Valerie Cagle all weekend. And then the bats for Clemson stayed cold against Alabama. That girl they got in the circle is, is nasty. Uh, tough draw, as we all know and complained about a couple weeks ago. It was. It was a tough draw. It's tough to see teams like Virginia Tech go, go to the next round. It's tough to see Florida State, who was, who was probably the best team in the conference, even though Clemson didn't play them. It's tough to see them go through. Notre Dame had a chance. Duke had a chance in their regionals. And Clemson really just had no shot. Um, beat Troy, a good Troy team, twice. Did a nice job playing them and battling them, but but when it when it took a step up in competition, we saw that maybe we're a couple years away, Clemson wise, um, from being the dominant force. Great season, you can't take anything away from them at all. John Rittman's fantastic, Valerie Cagle and the whole crew were wonderful, and a lot of that team comes back next year. I think they lose Ansley Gillstrap at shortstop, they lose Cami Pereira at uh, second base, they lose Casey Bigham at third base. Um, but they have some talent there that's that's going to be able to fill the roles. And everyone else seemingly was freshmen or co- or COVID freshmen. So Clemson's going to be okay. And th- maybe maybe they can turn the tide, if you will, <laughs> in a couple of years. You know what's not tough to watch? Well, unless you're 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 on the other team is Oklahoma uh, softball. They were losing like seven to one in the second inning and won 24 to seven or whatever. <laughs> they are ridiculous. I saw their, their Twitter feed, by the way, the Oklahoma softball Twitter feed has like 180,000 followers on it. And they were hitting home run after home run after home. They were just smashing the ball. I think they got like 200 home runs for the season. <laughs> I think they had 150 in that one game. I texted but, Nelson. They, they were down to Wichita state. And I'm like, they're down in the fifth inning. And then before I could even hit send, I think they were up. It was like 2-1 in the fifth. And before I could hit send, I think it was 5-2 uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> so, they, yeah they're, they're, they're good. 
Uh, there's a like like when I was a kid, we used to had we only had one ball. We were so poor, and it ended up being lopsided eventually. And I think that's what the softball looked like in <laughs> uh, Norman last weekend. Nelson's still mad about the draw. Clemson got the tournament. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, I don't know enough about it to argue about. It. I'll take your you guys' word for it. Yeah. All right, Casey, a difficult difficult topic for both of us here. We're talking pre-show how much we love Clemson baseball and how. This season has been a struggle. Now, there are some on Twitter saying that Monty Lee should um, be replaced, to, to put it nicely. I, I told you I'm a little bit biased toward Monty for, for you know, some reasons. Uh, he and I have had some conversations and talked, and, and maybe this is not fair. I'm a little biased. I think he should get another year. Um, Clemson has had three baseball coaches in like 64 years, right? Bill Wilhelm, Jack Leggett, and Monty Lee. And I do not think you should get in the habit of firing coaches after one year. Just a year ago, they were 14-3 and three and had a very, very good team. Spencer Strider's in AAA now, I think. Um, so they had a very, very good team. Um, and, you know, the pandemic shut that down, and everybody had to go through that. I understand that. I think he deserves another year. But if it's a year like this one, or similar to this one, I think they need to look at making a change. Yeah, I don't know if Radakovich, Dan Radakovich, the Clemson athletic director, is one to do a, a to have a quick hook here. Um, however, I think we've seen this in other in other sports in and around Clemson. I don't expect to see if Monty Lee is to return next season. I don't expect to see his staff retained. I think this is going to be one of those meetings that it's kind of that last that last gasp. You have one more year to get it right, but you know so and so's got to go, and so and so's got to go. Whether it's Andrew C, the pitching coach, or or uh, Bradley Lecroy, Bradley Lacroix, um, the the assistant coach and recruiting coordinator, uh, but some something's going to probably happen if Monty Art is to stay. Uh, I'm a Monty Lee fan, and that sounds funny because I hate the analytics that he coaches by. I just think this is kind of a, a weird year for Clemson baseball. I thought the talent was there. We had JP on here and saying how good the pitching staff was going to be, you know, some injuries and some people just not living up to their their billing, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. It seemed to, to kind of derail this team. Um, but you and I were talking pre-show how excited we were in that, like, 15-game stretch. They sweep Louisville. They're winning games. They're winning seven, eight, nine in a row. Uh, then they can't they can't win a series against teams like Georgia Tech and Duke. Good Georgia Tech team, an okay Duke team, and you get swept at home. It's just it was it, it was a very frustrating year for Clemson fans like myself. Up uh, baseball, I've been on record saying it is my favorite sport. I love all Clemson sports, and baseball Clemson baseball is my favorite sport at Clemson. Um, and then it was a, it, it was a tough tough watch this year. And quite honestly, I didn't watch a lot of it because I was. Not frustrated. It was just like I couldn't stand watching them lose. Yeah, it it, it was um, at the end there. The the Duke series was a tough watch. Uh, yesterday's game at Louisville, it was a tough watch in more ways than one. You couldn't get on the dang TV for one. But um, it was a t- it was tough to watch. I you know I take D Rat at his word. He's going to look at the program. I, you want to say it's 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 relatively healthy, but I, I have a hard time saying that what I saw on the field. I saw stretches where it seemed like they weren't into it that much. And, you know, I'm 1,200 miles away and, you know, reading into what I see on the TV. So who knows in reality? But I know um, that it was really tough to watch as a fan. And as you said, first time in my life, I became disinterested at some points in Clemson baseball. And that's really, really tough to say. And you're talking about a quick hook. I agree to some extent, but when you have not had a losing season in 64 years and you have a losing season, something has to change, as you said. So Yeah, if he stays, if he stays, and it's going to be one of those situations I fear that it's going to be like, hey, get rid of your guys and you stay, and then he refuses because he's loyal and then he's gone. Um, yeah. that's, that's just what I, what I fear that could happen. Or he gets rid of Rob Spence, AKA Tommy <laughs> Dodd back in the day. Um, and you know, moves on. Big, 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 big
All right. Basketball transfers, two coming in. We talked about last week. They're now official. Yep. David Collins, USF, 6'4", 220 pounds, had 12.5 points a year ago for the Bulls in Tampa. He's a 37% for three-point shooter. Clemson fans know Clemson shoots a lot of threes, so he'll fit right in there. And then Nas Bohanan, Bohanan, excuse me, from Youngstown State. Little side note, they are known as the Penguins, their mascot. I like that mascot name. Uh, Youngstown, he's 6'6", 228. Thing I like about him watching his film, he had 16 and a half points, led his team in scoring last year, but he also had eight rebounds. So he is described as a big body. And like I said last week or the week before, when you think big body, you're thinking six nine and above. He is only six six two twenty eight, but he did. He is a monster on the boards apparently with eight rebounds a game. So hey, you got to fill these transfer spots from all the kids leaving. So these are two guys that have experience. They're going to be there for a year each, I believe. Uh, yep, I think they're just a year each, um, but they're going to contribute probably right away. And if anybody could use any team could use some help on the boards, it would be the. Clemson Tigers. Casey, uh, you keep telling me that Chopping Beef is on highest. I'm wondering if they've been banned from the internet. <laughs> How many weeks have you guys gone without a show now? This will be the third week, but we're back next week. We are gearing up to season number four. That's right. I'm, I'm naming it season number four of the Chopping Beef show. We'll start back on June 3rd. I think that's the Thursday. Yes, uh, it is. Because my birthday's that Friday. Hint, hint, everybody send me gifts. Um, no, uh, but yeah, so we are back June 3rd. We're ready. Um, we're excited. We just had a lot of moving pieces. I was umpiring last week. Lox is traveling this week. And we could do two guys, but I just thought, you know what, let's take a little couple couple weeks off, relax, regroup. Uh, we got college football coming up, so we'll, we take a little bit of a different angle than this show on, on that one. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we'll be back and, and it, the same as ever next week. All right. Tell everybody thank you, especially Nelson and John Chance, who kept the comments flowing tonight. We appreciate you two guys. Uh, JP, JP Priester, next week we're going to talk recruiting. Most of the show with JP Priester, hopefully we'll get some Clemson information and we'll go outside of Clemson and check out some other guys too uh, to hopefully pull in some more viewers. Tell everybody thanks, Case. Yeah, thanks to everyone in the Facebook group, especially Nelson Wilhite and John Hant- uh, Nelson Wilhite for all his help and support. I don't know why we can't say your name tonight, John Chancy, but we can't. Thank you for the comments and Nelson as well. Everyone on Selden News Reserve, Sluggo Podcast, and each and every one of you who listens, likes, and shares, and participates on behalf of Marty Selden News Reserve. Coleman, I am Casey the Beef Cregan. He got it right. We'll see you next week right here on Sluggo. ACC Network stinks. I think we're done here. (laughs) 